0: Welcome to Planet Now, where it's all about the people, places, things, and ideas that teach us, prompt us to make a difference, and to do more with what life presents. Now, my next guest and I, well, we recorded a podcast about a year or so ago. And it was about her book called I Ain't Thinking About You, The Eight-Step Guide to Finally Letting Him Go Using the Breakup Funeral Method. Well, a lot has happened, a lot has happened since the episode dropped around this time last year. Let's get right to the conversation with Lenina Mortimer right here on Planet Now. Yeah, when you put it that way, yes, a lot has happened in one year. And so, um, so now I think we are upwards of of 200,000 people, human beings, each one with a story. So how, how have you been doing? I know we got in contact, I think, through Instagram when the pandemic uh, was pure. Yeah. And so, like, how have you been doing since maybe even before March 12, 2020?
1: Okay, I will put it this way. I feel as though I, my fall was in preparation for right now or rather for the pandemic i'll backtrack a little in the fall of 2019 um it was around the release of my book i ain't thinking about you the eight sub guides are finally letting him go <laughs> and i i always find that cheesy the for,
0: method <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i always find it cheesy when people do things like that like plug their plug their you know their stuff and i'm just like here i am <laughs> um <laughs> Um, it was uh, in the fall around my book, I, I quit my job, I, I, f- I fronted the costs of my book and didn't recoup it, so I also quit my money at the same time, <laughs> so it was like the, the job I knew and the money I had, all gone, and also the relationships I had were transforming. And so those, as they were before, they were also gone. And I was going through a period of like, like um, uh, loss, 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 loss. And so literally for, uh, for like every day after, uh, every day for a month after I quit my job, I cried every day. (laughs) And so, and so the, the fall I feel was prep work for what the spring was for everyone else. So I, so I, I really al- alchemized and transformed a lot of uh, a lot of my own stuff in the fall, and so um, I say this to say that the spring was a cakewalk for me. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know you weren't expecting that, Liz.
0: <laughs> it was just like, no, oh, okay, cool. Um, so after yeah. all, of those, all of those transformations and losses. Yep. Yeah. So even with, because I know when we, were, um, when we were texting on Instagram, I want to say it was, was it April or May? Somewhere around there. Um, did a quick checkup. Hey girl, how you doing? You told me something pretty interesting that you had unconfirmed coronavirus. I did. Yeah. How was that a cakewalk? <laughs>
1: Oh, you know what, here. <laughs> how was that a cakewalk? So um, in in the beginning of, uh, I would say, the, uh, I wouldn't say the beginning of the pandemic because the pandemic started long before we felt its impact here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was around March when, like, it was brand new and no one knew what it was and everyone was, like, speculating how is it caught and how it's not caught, wear masks, don't wear masks. And, you know, in New York City and sirens were going back and forth every, like, five minutes, we'd hear sirens throughout the night, right? And so it was a, it was a very scary time. And um, so it was just around the peak when they, the, the tests weren't available, Now you can go anywhere and you get a test. And (laughs) so the tests just weren't available for folks to take. And so I had like the classic textbook symptoms, right? And I had a mild case um, by like, I I wasn't um, infirmed in any sense of the word. I got sick. I got really sick and felt really miserable. And then I healed really quickly. And, and I, uh, here's the thing about like uh, getting the virus and I say it was unconfirmed because I didn't take a test. However, I got sick when um, at the peak of it and the the symptoms I was feeling aligned. And so um, um, just before I felt ill, really interestingly, I, I just remember thinking, um, um, you know, the best way for me to describe myself is like, um, on the inside, I'm Larry David. So I'm a white, tall Jewish man on the inside. In the sense that, um, you know, like his like weird quirks and neuroses, you know, things <laughs> like that would
0: come up. I'm and hearing I, from Curb Enthusiasm in my head right
1: now. <laughs> right. So inside, I'm that person, right? And uh, just a small example, I I just remember there was someone, I was exchanging text messages with someone I hadn't met yet. And I they were using the dark skin emoji. You know like when you have the the people emoji there's different skin tones and she was mm-hmm. using the darkest one. So I was just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, sister." And then I met her and and Liz, she's not she's not at all. And so, <laughs> and, and I was just like, "You can't do that." I was just like, <laughs> You, you can't use, you can't misrepresent yourself in emojis. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, what's that about? And so, and, and so I just remembered this happening just before I got sick. And, you know, this is like, when I do things like that, it's something laughable. Mm-hmm. However, I found that I was obsessing over it to a heightened degree. And I was just like, I, I paused and I was just like, oh, something's not right here. And so I I share the story to really demonstrate that um, uh, for what I noticed about COVID, it's it's not just um, a physical illness. There I, there are psycho and spiritual elements to it, in which that it just brought to brought to mind when I was experiencing it because I was just literally like it just drew out the uh, the um, the I guess the the darkest parts of my personality <laughs> and just exaggerated and just heightened it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I noticed. And so, um, you said that was
0: right around the time you got sick.
1: Yeah. It was like a couple of days before. And then the next I got sick and I was just like, Oh, that's interesting. And, um, uh, I was sharing this with a, a reporter friend of mine and a couple of weeks later, she sent me an article. She's like, yeah, psychologists found that that it has <laughs> COVID may have, um, 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 psychological elements to it, and I was just like, yeah, yeah I felt those. Wow. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. I I say this to say that, yeah, I got sick, and <laughs> I realized, I I realized, um, I, I moved through it really quickly, and it gave me insight about what was going on, like, you know, within myself and collectively, because even if you do not show like physical manifestation of illness. There are other forms of illness going on, including mental. And so um, I think there is a lot more that will be shared and discovered about COVID as time passes.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. So not just like you said, not just the physical, but mental, emotional.
1: Yeah, spiritual, Mm -hmm. uh, all of it. Yeah, I had all the feels. Wow. Okay.
0: so this is not necessarily on my question list, but Mm -hmm. I know you were raised going to church, right? Yep. And so was I. Does this feel like apocalyptic, plaguish to you? <laughs> I, I'm not really bothered to like sit down and have this conversation with anyone, but this...
1: No, no, let's go there, Liz. This, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to step all over you, but I got really
0: excited. So, like, for those of you who can't see this, my face is just, like, twisted into some, like, quizzical look. Like, what in the world is going—what is this thing? Yes.
1: I—you know what? I was speaking with a friend. And um, just to give folks background and context as to what I do and the friends I have, I am an author and a spiritual healer. I do work in a family constellation, a systemic constellation, uh, spiritual constellation. I'm a constellationist. And I can talk more about what that is a little bit later. Um and so um so essentially all of my friends are intuitive psychics, apostles, things like that, right? And so I was I was talking to my friend and I I shared, I was just like, huh, I didn't I you know, I didn't imagine that this would be how the 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 end of the world would be. It was just like, I I imagine that, you know, you know, the sun would explode and then life would cease. Mm -hmm. Um, However, this is a lot more dramatic than I expected. It's like, this is literally the end of everything we've known to be true and normal. It's like the veil has lifted. There is no veil. It's like we're in a time of like instant karma, (laughs) <laughs> it's like you do something and then you feel the backlash right away. <laughs> there is no such thing as a delay. And uh, you know what? Um, I I'm sitting in my the same spot I I sat all through my working at home. It's like a a, a window seat in the front of my house, right? And I remember there in, in like March, April. Um, it was like a drizzly night, and there was a a moped parked outside my window and you know I I just look outside my window because what else is there to do when you're on your computer for eight hours of the day maybe (laughs) even 10 and and then I I looked down and then I heard a crash like boom crash and then I look and it was it was starting to get dark out and so I couldn't really see but I saw a, a like a still lifeless figure on the ground and then I'm like squinting and straining my eye to see what's going on. And finally I'm just like, well, dang, I'm just gonna have to put like, put on a bra and put on some clothes and go outside to check. Because remember, Liz, ain't nobody was getting dressed from the way down. Like from like from the neck. Okay. So I was just like, oh, I'm gonna have to go outside and it's raining. Woof. And so I peek my head through the through through my window and my door and there was someone on the ground, and folks had started to come over to see investigate what was going on. As it would be, uh, we call nine one one, and they. This was a town with a time where there were a lot of emergencies, and so they didn't come for an, maybe ninety minutes or so. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and yeah, it was a lot of emergencies going on around that time. And um in that time, the the guy who uh, crashed the moped, and like. Like <laughs> and and fell onto the ground. He was laid out, laid out, out cold. He gets up, comes to, and then like scampers away. Oh wow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then comes to find out that he was stealing the moped <laughs> and 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 then crashed into the car in front of him. He barely even got an inch oh, an inch away. And the universe like, was like, nah crashed. son. <laughs> It was instant it was instant karma and i was just like damn you gotta keep your nose clean and so <laughs> i was just like this is this is you have to keep your like your your person and your mind body spirit in integrity and in alignment because the 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 veil has lifted this is the end of everything ev- like the systems as we know it and that i feel as though that that padding that we had before to correct is just like (laughs) it it has it has the 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 timing has um diminished Mm -hmm. and so um so just yeah sitting outside my window watching all this i was just like this is this is the this is the end of the world as we know it and this is a lot more dramatic than i'd ever assumed it could be
0: wow yeah same here i know um with the imagery that I grew up hearing about is that, um, you know, the four angels or four angels or however many angels are holding back the winds of strife. And as things get closer to whatever changing switch or transformation that we're looking at or that we're into right now, Mm -hmm. the things would get a little more choppy Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: Mm -hmm. windy. So I guess the, the, the metaphor of the storm of whatever coming storm or a storm that we're currently in. Um, mm-hmm. but that's that's kind of what it what it feels like. Like mm-hmm. the instant karma. Mm-hmm. That is perfect. Mm-hmm. And um and whatever whatever grace that you know the heavens, the universe, whatever mm-hmm. is out there had, it mm-hmm. seems that in some aspects it, it's it's a little bit less now. hmm just you know, just a little bit less. Not necessarily in an unloving or an unkind sort of way, but it's as if you know you didn't have time to get your ish straight. <laughs> so now yep. you know.
1: Yep, I'm nodding my head. Everything you're saying, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. You're reminding me of a dream I had <laughs> um, uh, during or before or what have you. So um, so in dream I downloaded and I noticed. Um, uh, there were four tornadoes mm-hmm. coming, My like, I'm, I'm in the middle of like New York City, Manhattan on a rooftop, and there are four tornadoes coming my way. And I was just like, what? anyway, and so like all the folks who are on top of the rooftop, um, we start running for cover, and then um, the group split in two. And so um, as you're speaking, you're reminding me of this dream and, um, and the four winds of change, and also, um, um, this is this is that 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 turning point where folks who um, there will be a split in in folks folks who are um, doing the work and moving, and those who are just like no, we're going to stay behind, and just there's just a split of the two of the group. And so um, yeah, I thought that dream was a beautiful metaphor for exactly what you just said.
0: So question here's yeah. a look my my whole question list is like rearranged and everything but i'm just, just gotta go with the flow yeah. um so the work mm-hmm. what is the work because i know growing up in church we were taught that the work is you know like spreading the gospel and that kind of thing is the work what what is the work is it that mm-hmm. or is it something different than what we were taught growing up in a church or in churches where um Mm, I know what I want to say, but maybe I shouldn't say it. Growing up in churches, where at least I let me speak for myself, where the influence was—you um, had—I know people use the word "colonist" a lot, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but you had that type of influence on mm-hmm. the things mm-hmm. that you were that you were taught.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, thank you, thank you for mentioning that. Um, I. I describe the work as um, uh, having. I'm getting it. It's just like I'm getting all at the same time, and it's getting jumbled. So the first imagery is the mirror. Um, the work is be able to look at yourself and your reflection, and um, um, and also um, and not to refuse your reflection. And so I say the mirror in the sense that. Um, we do a lot of ugly stuff. And, and um, igniting and, and and taking them in and saying, oh, that was ugly and being able to even verbalize that and to make amends and to apologize. Um, This is big, heavy work. And if you're not in the space where you can um, realize the ugly and love it, then you will refuse it and you will, and in a sense, in turn, refuse yourself. And so this is what I mean by the work. It's the, um, I don't want to say internal work because I think it's much greater than that. It's um, um, surviving the ego deaths. You know, the, the Bible references dying onto yourself. And uh, I was speaking to my sister about that last night. Um, and she's like, well, what does that mean? And I was just like, you know, dying um, onto yourself the ego deaths and recognizing them for what they are and allowing those to move, to move, um, uh, allowing yourself to go through that movement. And um, I have a teacher, his name is Ron Young, and he says that um, um, a thing is always a thing. And so there's no such thing as transforming it or turning something dark into something positive and light love and light um it's about um it's not about that that's not the work that's 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 um um i don't want to say spiritual bypassing but in a sense it is um the work is recognizing it and saying oh this is the thing and there is no no work to change it to to make it beautiful to put perfume on it um we've done some ugly stuff own it Acknowledge it, and move forward. Right.
0: And that could be individual, but it could also mean be societal. Because uh, I don't know what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. like the the mirror the mirror has been on us since the beginning. Just mm-hmm. uh, let's just look at this country for example. The mirror yeah. has been on this country since the beginning, since the beginning of, you know, slavery. Mm-hmm. There have always been people, who have been against it. Mm-hmm. And then as time has gone on, the mirror grew bigger. More and more people, you know, were against it. You mm-hmm. had, you know, a minor skirmish in the mm-hmm. 1860s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, that had something to do with with part of the stain. And it seems that like little tendrils are still left over. And the mirror is big. The mirror is huge. The mirror is grand in, in just this one particular way. Um, and there are folks who still deny that, there's ugliness Mm -hmm. that we still need to reckon Mm -hmm. with
1: yeah yeah the that um, demonstrates really demonstrates what i was saying about like that split um, between uh, between people the folks who are just like oh i see and now um, i'm integrating and doing the work and i'm seeing uh, versus those who are just like nope i refuse it i refuse myself this is not so, and so there's just a, like a clear split, yeah,
0: so yeah, one of the things I've been wondering is what what to do about it. I don't know if i I don't know if there's mm. anything to do about it we've been march we've been marching in the streets for decades mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot in the past decade mm. um, i that split that you that you are talking about Mm -hmm. that that it's like spot on because (laughs) I I don't see a way where if we don't move forward in, if we don't reckon with ourselves fully, just collectively Mm -hmm. as a nation, if we Mm -hmm. don't move forward, I can't see us moving back. Because there are so many who were like, no, that's not going to happen. So we can't move backwards. But then there's some who don't want to move forward, but we can't stay stagnant. So mm-hmm. what is coming? What in the world is on mm-hmm. the way? Ooh, because gutless. we can't stay stagnant. And we can't go backwards. Mm-hmm. We have to move forward. But how is that moving forward? Gonna, what is that going to look like? That's the, that scares me.
1: that excites me I'm just getting I'm salivating I'm just like this is going to be good
0: (laughs) and it's like one of the things I'm wondering is is it going to move forward are we going to move forward in peace or are we going to move forward in violence Hmm. and Mm -hmm. that, that, that second question that's the part that scares me because we've had peaceful change In this country peppered with you know you always have your little pockets of violence i shouldn't call them little because they're they're always huge you always have your pockets of violence that are meant to um incite fear and maybe that fear will get people to stop whatever work of change the work that that's being done um but then i i'm afraid that we're getting to a point where I just don't want any full-out war or violence of that sort. Mm. I just I don't want people to lose their, I don't want us to lose our mind as, as a nation. And I think we're almost there. <laughs> Am I making sense at all?
1: You're making perfect sense, Liz. I would offer that um, this the violence has always been here, and um, there are degrees to which um, folks have felt it, and. Um, I, I don't know that um, well, I, you you know perhaps the the imagery is of war and like tanks on the street and and um uh, martial law you know um I would offer that um, this is how folks have been living for a really long time and so um um in and i i and I'm speaking as a an ivy League grad black yuppie. You know, so my experience of blackness is different, mm-hmm. and there is there is no I guess um, there's just there isn't just one way to to experience blackness, mm-hmm. and um, and there is a shared experience, and um, uh, by virtue of uh, the um, the doors that have been opened for me, um, there is a, it comes with a certain privilege with that, and so I will. I will say that the, there's been a war been waged and I have felt it, um, not in a sense of bodily harm or um impoverishment or um, um however the I, I haven't been protected from systemic oppression and <laughs> workplace oppression and um and and the violence was there, even if I didn't get a slap in the face or um Mushed up by cops you know? it, The violence mm-hmm. was there. And I, I think that, I think that more people are just aware of the violence, mm-hmm. or aware of it, and so it just feels more strained. Um, I think if, in my experience, um, the, the first awakening for white folks happened when um, Donald Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. I, I remember the story as I, I was working um uh in i was working in an office where i was the only black person the only black woman there right yay <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was like the, the the night of election night and um all my colleagues um northeastern uh, northeast white liberals. They were like high-fiving each other, like, see you tomorrow, comrade. You know, like this, <laughs> you know, Hillary's got it in the bag. And I what was your up, thought? <laughs> I literally looked up and I said, you guys, no, this is not right. Something doesn't feel right to me. She's not going to win.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're like, oh, Lenina, you're such a Debbie Downer, right? And I was just like, no, no. No, this is this is not something's not right. This is not this is this is not right. Something is this is not going to happen. She's not going to win, and they're like, "See you tomorrow." And so the next day, um, I, I liken um, uh, the day after the election, the day after election day, is like it felt like um, 9/11 in New York City, where you can hear a pin drop, like mm-hmm. trains were quiet, mm-hmm. it was like a collective depression. And I was looking around, and I was just like, "Oh." okay. And it was like white folks. Mm-hmm. They were just so sad and disheartened and disillusioned. They're like, oh, the system's broken. It doesn't work for us. And I was just like, okay. I felt vindicated in that moment. And, and my colleagues were like, Lenina, you're the only one who knew. How did you know? And I was just like, I'm like, I'm black. Like, I just, this is nothing new to me. I know white people. You Don't. It's just like, I under, like, there's like, I have a really deep understanding of whiteness and how it operates. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my, my teachers were white. My doctors were white. Like I was like, this is, I have a deep deep insight into the way whiteness operates. And so, and they're like, you were the only one, you were the only one who knew mm-hmm. And I was just like,
0: Yeah, could you not know, I had a similar (laughs) experience in my uh, former workplace. And it wasn't exactly the same as yours, because I didn't necessarily say, you know, it doesn't feel right. He's, you know, he's going to win. Hmm. People were saying, Oh, Hillary's gonna get it. She's gonna get it." the same thing. There is no way that he's gonna win. No way. (laughs) All I said was, you don't know that you can't be sure. Remember, we had a thing Bush v. Gore. Gore was supposed to be <laughs> the what is the, the what the forty third president. He was supposed to be the forty third president. When I went to bed, he was the forty third president. When I woke mm-hmm. up, then everything that led to Bush v. Gore <laughs> was in place, was rolling to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, but I, I the only thing I, I thought about was that okay, whenever. Uh, in this country, black people make progress. There's always a, a backlash. The only backlash that I could refer to mm-hmm. was one that I never experienced in the history books. Reconstruction—that's mm-hmm. the only thing that I thought of, thought of in my mind. Well, you know, Abraham Lincoln, Emancipation Proclamation. Then later on, you had Juneteenth, and you know, the folks was free, we were free. Mm-hmm. But there was a backlash afterwards, and there were policies put in place that allowed that backlash to to take hold for another ninety years. Mm-hmm. It's possible that this could happen or the 21st century version of that could happen. And I don't know. I think, I think that's what happened. So when he, when he won, like you said, mm-hmm. you felt vindicated. It was like, I told you so. I wish I didn't have to tell you so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I felt vindicated in the sense that um, all these years I'd been telling white people about how crazy it is for black people. And they're just like, oh, sucks for you. Or rather, they're like, I don't see it. I just don't see it. And you're here. Hi. And I'm just like, "Why can't you see?" And so I I remember like um while I was at the same job, um I was doing um uh like a, a lot of reading like uh, classical black readings, right? I was like revisiting old texts. Um uh, I all of a sudden the the text escapes me, but like textbook like um if you're you're woke in america type thing and you're not angry then that means you're not paying attention right mm-hmm. and so <laughs> you know a little Baldwin, right, right. and so so i was mo- i was State moving of through rage all that all the
0: time all
1: the time i was angry all the time and no one else was with me they're like oh, relax Lenina, you know and so when um trump got elected the first time <laughs> i was just like the veil yeah the veil lifted it's like and and for and then white people were just like what? What's going on? And I was just like, I "Told you, liberal white people, this has been going on for a long time." And so, uh, and so, in the second, like, band aid that was ripped off for white folks was um, around George Floyd.
0: Mm-mm-mm.
1: And so, I had white people calling me, people I haven't spoken to in a while. They were just like, um, "We want to invite you into our white space." So that we can get to know Black people, and I was just like, no. At at this point, I I was just like, I I was no longer being nice about like when people gave me invitations. I was just like, no. Why? Why are you inviting me into this space? Because is it that you want me to teach you about race and race inequity and systemic oppression? Or do you want me to like bleed out my pain in front of you so you can, you can, you know, watch it and be entertained by it, like, you know, trauma porn? I'm not interested in doing being your token. So, no. Additionally, uh, teaching is labor. And by virtue of me, like most Black people are experts in race by virtue of just them being. And you wouldn't like, you're you're asking me with someone with decades of experience to come and teach for free? No, I'm not doing that. I don't labor for free, you know? That was deemed unconstitutional. Like what, what are you what are you doing? Go away. Like leave me alone with this. And right. so I was getting a lot of these invitations to talk about race and and um, a racial identity mm-hmm. by white people. And I was just like, no, you go do that with your friends. I don't, I, I don't need to participate in your awakening and your, your internalized, your internalized conflict of, of um, you being identifying as a good person, but also participating and benefit in benefiting in a system that's built off of black, black, blacks and, and, um, and oppressing other people. You go and process your shit by yourself and leave me alone because my work here is to focus on my joy and to rest because rest is also part of the resistance. And so that's what I've been doing cuz there is literally nothing else for me to do. So I've just been moisturizing my my face and my edges and drinking water and minding my business.
0: I love that. <laughs> love that. That's it. Okay. Okay. I love that. So it's like okay. So when when we were fresh into COVID, mm-hmm. I in the back of my mind kind of hoped, and I kind of noticed that. Wow, it seems like you know, people are, we're all on the same page, and people are you know being kinder to Black people than I read about. Amad Arbery,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then Brianna Taylor. Mm-hmm. And that verdict, you know, not the verdict, but the grand jury decision uh, came down last week. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, like you said, George Floyd, I still have not been able to bring myself to watch the whole video. And I Good. found out, Don't that, do it. yeah, I, I, I figure I can, there are just certain things I can go the rest of my life without ever seeing. And that's, mm-hmm. that's one of them. If I had it to do over again, I would not have watched the planes smash into the Twin Towers as many times as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and then, then I found out that there is, I don't, it's not my connection to that case, but I found out that a really good friend of mine is his cousin. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, we can't even pandemic in mm-hmm. peace, if there is even is a such thing. There really is no such thing as pandemicking in peace. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we can't even maneuver through all of that uncertainty, you know, and mm-hmm. wrap our minds around it. Because it's, I'm sure it's been a head trip for a lot of people. There's this unseen thing that, you know, could get you. We know mm-hmm. a little bit more about how it spreads now. But mm-hmm. with, like you said, like you were saying earlier, we still don't know everything. Mm-hmm. So there's still an element of uncertainty. It was more... Things were more uncertain, you know, some months ago, six or some months ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But we can't even, we can't even pandemic in peace without people acting in ignorance and evil. And I guess out of all of this, that was, that was one of the things that really just, I don't, it was a gut punch, more than mm. a gut punch, you know, we can't even band together. Mm. And get through this unknown threat. This this what do you call it? Um, what's that movie with Will Smith? This independence day of sorts <laughs> against COVID. We can't even have a a beautiful moment like that where we all band together and you know we're helping each other. Black people are still black.
1: Mm-hmm. And people
0: are still shooting us. And yeah. Having their knees on our necks. And it's like it's not a thing of, oh, 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 woe is me. And I'm feeling sorry for myself, but it's now. I'm at the point where yeah this is old you need to stop mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's going to stop mm. hence that the split that you were talking about a little mm. bit earlier
1: yes i was i thought you were referencing i am legend because it certainly did start to feel that way here <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> and, you, yeah. and so yeah. and and so it's like it's Um, and, and not, not only to mention that this pandemic disproportionately affected black people and it's just like, can we not win? Right. (laughs) It was one thing after another, after another. And so it just reminds me of the tornadoes. Mm It's just like one tornado after another, after another, after another. And I'm just like, Ooh, what's the next one? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, and so I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous about that. Let's see, you know, um,
0: are you more nervous now that our RBG is gone?
1: Um, am I more nervous now that RBG is gone? I certainly, when I saw, read the notification, I thought, ooh, we're fucked. I literally, I said that. I, I said that. <laughs> and and then- like, We're laughing, but we're totally serious. <laughs> totally, totally. When I, I read that notification, I was just like- she tried to hold on. She got so close. <laughs> I literally had that thought. I'm like, she she held on. She was holding on for a really long time. And she just, that that last, what, 40 days, 30 days, just couldn't make that last stretch. And I was just like, oh, man, I wonder how long she'd been holding on for us for probably for a really long time. And seeing as how um, one person can, can be the lifeline for a lot of people, that's... That's well. Thinking about her humanity, I'm thinking like, wow, that's a lot lot to carry, and that that speaks to. hmm, It feels a little weird and unfair Mm -hmm. that one person can hold, um, can, can, the life path and destiny of one person can really alter it for a lot of. Millions and millions of people, the like their life path and destiny. But then again, um, we are talking about a presidential race, and we are talking about um, really deep, ingrained movements that impact a lot of people. So sometimes I think that there's a lot, um, there's more at play here than the eyes can see. And um, and often I sit back and I just look around to see like. Um, what's going on? <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than, um, how about this? I'll, I'll share this. Um, uh, earlier, I spoke about um, the constellation work I do. Mm-hmm. I don't know how familiar you or your audience is, um, so I won't take for granted that anybody knows what constellation, constellation, systemic constellation is. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the constellation work um, comes from a ceremonial practice of the of the Zulu people, and um, I learned it, um, oh, rather, um, the father of this practice um, was a German psychoanalyst named Bert Hellinger, and so um, he studied with the Zulus and learned their language for about 16 years and, and learned this medicine, and then he spread it, and so I mentioned um, the Zulus um, because they're barely even mentioned, not even a footnote when, um, Burt Hellinger's work is cited. <laughs> um, it's just like, Oh, it started with Burt. He did this, this is his practice and a complete erasure of, of the, of the South African practice and ceremonial healing. And so, um, part of my work is to decolonize spirituality and, um, and and speak about where practices come from, um, because where they come from is part of the medicine, right? So folks have to know where something comes from in order to, and to really fully integrate and and receive the healing, right? And so um, constellation work, um, uh, an imagery I, I like to talk about um, is um, works off the premise that if you have the understanding that all things are energy, then so too is the family field, and so. Um, uh, uh, A a good image for the family field would be a pond, and so you take a a pebble or a rock and you throw it into the pond and you see the ripples, right? And so the pebble or the rock can represent some kind of trauma, violence, um, and in in the constellation work we call this trauma an interruption of love, right? and so um the pebble is thrown and you are in present day you're living your life and you're feeling the ripple effects of this, this of this um interruption of love of this trauma and and at times it can manifest as depression illness um dysfunctional pattern alcoholism right and so um so this ripple effect is playing out in your life and um you're carrying stories um that the head. You're taking on stories that um, you don't even realize or that you're playing into, right? Because they're stories from long ago that you're playing out. And so the work in Constellation is to create a space um, in which um, these hidden factors in the family, in the family field, can be played out and disentangled. And so there there can be a lot of really miraculous healings from that. Like f- I've worked with folks who've had advanced cancer and then the tumors shrunken and it's like you uh, address the emotional body and the spiritual body and then the whole body. Right. And so um, um, uh, that's um constellation work. Right. And so part of the constellation work is to look and um, and see who have been who and what has been excluded from the family field, and then take them in so the big picture is that we are bringing those who've been excluded and so um, I, I share this about um, the constellation work and bringing in the, all those who've been excluded is that um, because rather um, our work now is to bring in everyone who's been excluded. It's like we're actually living a giant constellation right now. The work right now is that we're um, in this um, global family field. They're those who've been excluded. And and when folks are excluded, it manifests as disease, illness, dysfunction, right? Mm -hmm. And so now our work is to bring in those who've been excluded and take them in into the heart. And so um, um, I don't remember the original question, but I feel that that's where I was going with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but how, I mean, how can, what would that look like, um, say, excluded people in this in this country? So when you say the, the family field, you mean just all, of, is it that all of humanity? So um so I say the family field we have our own individual
1: family fields mm-hmm. and then we have the field of our communities and then mm-hmm. we have the field of say our state then we have the field of say our region mm, then the okay. field of our country mm-hmm. and then the field of our collective globe right mm-hmm. so we're um um what do you what do you call those little russian dolls one said other oh yes um, but you, but you get the polarized? imagery right so yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just like one side <laughs> and the other and they fit and see each other right right um and and so that is what I mean by the field and um so we were doing our own internal um you know um smaller family field, and then there's also the global that's going on simultaneously
0: okay. yeah. so yeah, we definitely have some. <laughs> in the country family field, we definitely have some work to do. So, oh, yeah, this
1: be- is this is this is it. Part of the disentanglement, and uh, there be there will be folks who refuse to um, to to look into the field, um, and um, they they in turn are excluding themselves.
0: How can there be true healing if people exclude themselves? Exactly. So I don't even know what to ask. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so, okay. So what keeps you from feeling hopeless? Huh. Good question. You know, there are always going to be people who, for whatever reason, they're always going to be trifling people. <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, um,
1: what keeps me from feeling hopeless? I had this, uh, a moment, um, I was doing some internal, um, my own internal work. And I remember, um, um, so essentially in the fall that, in the story I spoke about the fall where I lost my money, lost friends, lost like everything I identified with, right? I lost all of that. And and, uh, my nephew just ran out of the room. (laughs) Yeah. And so, so in, the, in the fall, um, essentially what was happening for me was an existential crisis. And um, an existential crisis is simply um, asking the question when, or searching for an answer of who am I? And so um, when I, um, I realized that all of this, all of this, uh, the unfolding and the fall and being depressed was pushing me to answer that question. And so I sat down in meditation and I asked the question, like, who am I? Who am I? And um, I don't know if you're familiar with A Course in Miracles. Um, It's a book that a channeled piece of writing um, by uh, 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 a professor at Columbia and um she was channeling jesus right and essentially um in the in the the premise of the course in miracles was like jesus was like y'all fucked up the first one so i'm just gonna go ahead and and (laughs) have you channel this one because i really don't need this to be edited like 300 times okay (laughs) and so and so essentially that's what that was that's the story behind a course in miracles (laughs) and um um the, the first line in the Course in Miracles is that um, um, nothing real can be threatened. And so I remembered that, right? And so I, I sat back in my meditation when I remembered that and I said, well, what's the realest part of myself, right? And then I remembered, I remembered that um, uh, the, the third law of thermodynamics states that um, energy cannot be destroyed um, it can only be transformed, right? And so I was just like, "That's the realest part of myself, energy." And so, in that in that moment of 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 a deep connection to source spirit, um, that is what I realized. That was the realest part of myself, um, and that I cannot be threatened. That realest part of myself, right? And so. Um, To answer your question, Liz, um, what gives me hope is, um, is, is that nothing real can be threatened. And so my work is to hold on to what is the realest part. And so when the ground feels like it's quaking underneath you, when everything that you identified with and hold dear disappears, if it disappeared, that means it wasn't real, right? It wasn't the realest part of it and so um i i share this share that um, um we hold on to ourselves and the realest part of ourselves in times where it doesn't feel like the, there's a, a a stable ground to walk on and so that's what gives me hope
0: is that one of the reasons you protect your protect your energy and mind your business and um, you, you know <laughs> Look, that's real. Edges are also real. Okay, <laughs> I'm have to tend to mine. Okay, let's well. in. <laughs> I,
1: that's what I was doing. I was watching YouTube videos, beauty Mm -hmm. videos. I learned how to beat my face proper. Like (laughs) I started wearing, using these, I have a whole beauty regimen now. Like it takes me about an hour to do it before bed and Mm -hmm. I will do it because I'm just like, let me get my retinol. Let me get my niacinamide and and get my serums. Like I am that person because Mm -hmm. really my work and um i this was like a channeled message for me was um my work in this lifetime is not to seek revenge and that is not to say that that's not the work of other people and i support and encourage folks if that if this is your if that is your mission and your life's work you go do it and you do it to the fullest i support you i will send resources i will send food i will order uber eats okay <laughs> my work in this lifetime is to really to 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 feel joy and pleasure and that has, it was one of the, that's hard for me in, in the sense that um, my patterning and my programming has been you work and you work and you work and you work and you work before you play and you don't rest, you get rewarded when you work. And if you do and and I realized that um I had this belief that um folks who 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 don't work and just receive are useless. And I was just like, Oh my god, this is so messed up. And and so that and this is why my, my work here about joy and pleasure. Um, I, I, I suppose that um you don't get anything that um uh, what's what's the phrase i'm looking for um i guess if it's not really a true test or trial for you then then it's like you're not really striving for anything (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and perhaps maybe that's more of my own patterning conditioning that i have to strive and that things don't come with these i need to look into that actually note to self meditate (laughs) on that yeah and and so um and so I say to say that's that's my work, joy, pleasure, and perhaps I can even, perhaps I can be an example for other people on, on finding their joy and their pleasure and really committing to it and do it as though it's your job, <laughs> your joy, without and your guilt? pleasure, without guilt and without feeling useless. Just receive, receive abundantly, and I realize that there's a a conversation around re- receiving, and abundance in that you deserve it. And this is how people justify receiving. And um, I, think it's, I think the conversation has now changed. We're not in a conversation about worthiness and deservingness. It's the sun rises on everybody, not because they're worthy or deserving, um, but just because they're here by virtue of their being, you receive. And so um, it's sitting in that being and, and just by virtue of being here that I receive and, and being okay, being at ease with it. And so I think that's the conversation we're having around um, receiving in abundance now. And that has been the change.
0: So I did, did have a couple more questions to ask. So are you still, you know, mostly at home or do you go out and about here and there? What's, what's life looking like, you know, nowadays? Of course, you are tending to your edges. Yes, you know, Liz, you know, I went <laughs> on a
1: full-blown vacation.
0: <laughs> like, Got my little <laughs> yeah. twist right here. Listen, I went
1: on, I, I am out and about um, in a safe way. And I went on a full-blown vacation. Went, went to the cave, went to Martha's Vineyard. It was my first time there. I've been living my life. And, <laughs> and I can't say, I can't even say like, oh, I've been a shut-in. I have been, and I have not been. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in New York City, um, uh, it's, the what the city that never sleeps except it does now and shut everything shuts down at like 10 11 o'clock and so <laughs> yeah yeah the, the same bars and restaurants i used to frequent they sh- they close their kitchens at 10 and so if you don't get your life together before before 10 o'clock then you will starve for the night
0: <laughs> so the, are the laws in new york have you um all started the process of reopening but still certain numbers of people can't gather that i would Yes, yes. Okay. yes,
1: that's how it's yes. um, And they're very strict with um, bars and restaurants. And, and folks are like, I'm not losing my liquor license, because you guys want to hang out, you need to get out. And so that's, why essentially, it's been happening. And um, the other day, I was like, excuse me, the other day, we were just rolling around looking for some place to eat. And we just, we couldn't find anything. Wow. Wow! Couldn't find it, and so I'm just like, I miss the convenience of New York City. I really do.
0: Wow, the city that ne- thats one thing I—that's be- one thing I never really thought about during this whole thing. The city that never sleeps, and now it does. I just assumed that it would not sleep with a mask on.
1: <laughs> no, we sleep wow. in. We're resting. We're, we're literally we're rest- resting. Um, I work from home. Mm-hmm. And um, I I mean, I go out and exercise, and I have my personal trainer, (laughs) and and then that's about it. And um, the way we socialize is completely different. And New Yorkers are now resting.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: Think it's a a good thing, a healthy thing? Heck, (laughs) yeah. I would say, yes, yes. some of the most burnt-out, stressed-out people I know are New Yorkers. I <laughs> was one of them. <laughs> and so here I am, pleasuring myself, taking care of myself. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Breakup Funeral Method. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to revisit your book. Yes. So what does that look like in the age of COVID?
1: It looks like virtual sessions. It does. And so we do burning ceremonies virtually mm-hmm. and I, and the, the medicine is still potent. The elements are there. Um, water, the earth, um, um, fire, uh, um, it's all there and, um, we're still using, um, um, the, the, the analogy about, um, the the symbolism of the fire and a sparking hope, mm-hmm. and so um, I I shared that the last time we spoke about um, in my studies of African spirituality and the elements of um, water, air, fire, earth. Um, fire is the only element that cannot stand, al- stand alone. It requires something else to. To ignite it and to get it going, and um, in my studies of positive psychology, uh, which is the study of um, character strengths and how to make our how to the 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 study of thriving and how to to flourish. In um, so positive character, positive psychology and. Uh, character strengths like hope and uh, humor and a love of learning and um and there's so many so so many to list right (laughs) um hope is the only character strength that cannot stand alone it requires something negative to happen in order to ignite it and so um bringing in hope and the fire um and using the element of fire to alchemize that right um, to inspire it to burn each other. Um, it's, it's still potent medicine that can be done virtually. And so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> cool. Been doing them online.
0: Yeah. Yes. Nice. And hopefully, people have not been ghosted virtually. Anyone dating virtually and been ghosted? Hopefully, not. I'm hoping, <laughs> not. I'm hoping people will just type out the words. <laughs> Let's go in a you'd different You'd be surprised.
1: <laughs> you'd, you'd be surprised. You know what? Um, I I imagine that dysfunctional um dating habits and patterns um <laughs> transcend virtual <laughs> transcend the virtual medium that we're on. So <laughs> folks are still acting up except now they have a a convenient excuse like hey, it's covid. Sorry. I had to disappear on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: The virus made me be a jerk. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: exactly
0: <laughs> like but were you, but you weren't sick but you were you never went to the hospital but oh oh you're just a jerk okay I see <laughs> yeah you know what
1: um I actually used COVID
0: as an excuse once
1: um and I know that my you know what, let me not air out anyone else's like, <laughs> and I know my sister has too um <laughs> I did use it as, as an excuse I was just like oh well um I've recently been in contact with someone in close proximity with someone who's been diagnosed positive for COVID-19 and so I'm just gonna I've been requested to to quarantine and folks are just like yeah yeah you do that
0: and it was true it was true so it technically it was not an excuse
1: it was not it was you didn't make it up I didn't make it up I didn't make it up
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. So let's see, any, um, any words of encouragement? Like if you had to give, you know, a couple of words uh, or a phrase, something that's uh, helped to get you through the fall, and then also through your experience uh, with this pandemic, and you know just seeing all of the other the other changes the lack of of justice for for black people for brown people anyone who is other you know who's considered an other in in this society
1: yes um so uh, so that um so what served me in the fall was um realizing that I was experiencing an existential crisis and once I realized what was going on that's when the suffering lifted right I was no longer sad I was just like oh I just don't know who I am got it so now let me go and investigate and so sometimes like if you don't know if you if you can't name a thing then it's just like a plague a scourge on your life and you just can't figure it out but once you're able to name it like oh this is my this is this is the problem then you can move forward right and so um that was um learning that was uh, was the encouragement I needed for myself and and so um what words of encouragement I will say for um uh for the others right for those who've been othered um I'll share a story. Um, so, uh, in the f- in the fall after the fall, rather, um, I was I was suffering deeply because I didn't notice that that was I was experiencing an existential crisis. Um, I was listening to a video, a lecture about like metaphysics stuff, and, and um, uh, the, the person speaking mentioned something about archetypes and how we play out stories. And that caught my attention because after all, this is the work I'm doing, constellation work. And um, she mentioned um, uh, the martyr complex, the martyr archetype, right? And I'd realized that I had been playing into that story unbeknownst to me because I thought, this is what you do, you sacrifice for your community, you sacrifice for your country, you sacrifice, right? This is just what you do. This is When you love someone, you sacrifice for them. And I realized that I was playing into that story with my book. I, like, sacrificed my finances, right? I was sacrificing a lot for the good of the community to get the work out there, right? I was just like, I must get the work out there. <laughs> and then um, I, I realized I had a realization around the martyr, which is, we all love the martyr story and yet and still we hate the martyr because they always end up dead and i was just like i don't want this for myself i'm not jesus this is not my story i don't have to play into that and so um that was an eye-opening experience for me and noticing when I am falling into it, that story, that storyline of where oh I must sacrifice, I must suffer. And and it comes in very subtle. It comes in very subtly. Like I'm the one who has to go, um, I I'm the one who has to right every wrong because this is what I this is what we're supposed to do. If I see injustice, I'm the one who has to fix it. I'm I, 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 I. Right? And so I say this to say, um, for those who've been othered you know for my 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 black folks right um you you don't have to take that responsibility on to educate and teach your white friends about race and systemic oppression i would I would forward them to other resources so they can do their own work, and so my words of encouragement really are you know I don't have to labor. You don't have to work, you don't have to suffer, you don't have to sacrifice. And if it requires your sacrifice and it comes at, and it comes at such an expensive cost and it, at expense to yourself, then perhaps it's not for you. You don't have to do it. And so realizing that archetype and that story was there, I was like, I don't know who implanted that story, but um, I do know that it's not serving me, but someone is benefiting from it someone was benefiting from me sacrificing and so i implore black people brown people who feel like they've got to do it all to really like look into that and say um, someone is benefiting from this and look look really deeply as, as to who is hmm. um, and you don't have to do the work okay rest rest is a revolution you rest Right, and so um, I don't know if those were encouraging words.
0: <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know how to encourage folks. <laughs> just, just but know no, that just, you ain't got to do the it. The fact that you're saying, you know, rest. Like, whenever I think of black people, I always think of always working, always striving, always, you know, aiming, always a movement of some sort, and it's usually a movement toward justice nothing wrong with any of that but like you said sometimes it's just okay it, it's okay to prioritize your rest and your well-being it's okay you don't have to be on bus yes. all the time <laughs>
1: yes you don't have to and you know what i'm, I'm not even i'm not the imagery is, i'm not um I'm, I'm not even referencing is like going out and protesting or fighting for injustice it really is like uh, like the small the small um sacrifices we make every time you grit your teeth when your white friend says something racist or they don't even realize that what they said is racist or um anti-black and you and you correct them that's labor you're teaching in that moment right and when you know you get an invite to to speak to white people about race and racism and systemic oppression and, you know, come and, you know, share your pain, let us heal you, that kind of thing. Um, you don't have to do that. Like, and, and so I'm just talking about like the little, like those little um, invites and those little um, uh, conversations mm-hmm. uh, with white people. It's... It's not your job to educate white people. And so, and perhaps this is what I'm saying. You don't have to educate white people. They can do it themselves. They're, this is their awakening. Yeah. Okay. that That's my words of encouragement.
0: And <laughs> uh, That circles back to rest is revolutionary.
1: Yeah. And, and um, I would encourage white people to do your own work and leave black people alone. When you're having those, those deep existential crises, you're like, when you say, well, I thought I was one of the good whites. Okay, well. Go do that work on your own. Don't bother black folks with that, please.
0: Yeah. Thanks for listening to planet now where it's about the people, places, things, and ideas that teach us, prompt us to make a difference and to do more with what life presents. So you've been listening to another one of my catch up episodes where I am circling back to past guests and just finding out how they've been doing. Um, It was something I was planning on doing anyway, But now that we're in a pandemic, it was an even more perfect and ripe time to find out how how my past interviewees have been coping. That was Lenina Mortimer. And if you missed her first episode on Planet Noun, that was about a year or so ago. It was episode number 21. And how she talks about how you can get over ghosting with a funeral using... The Breakup Funeral Method, that's episode 21 of Planet Noun. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Google. You can also check it out on SoundCloud. And you can get Lenina's information, all of her social media handles at planetnoun.com. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, take care.